This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. <laughs> the funny thing is I started the video and I pressed the button to start the intro and I left my laptop on full volumes. <laughs> I think the whole street has just woken up. Anyway, good morning. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much as always for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines. Very much appreciated you for jo- uh, joining me so early, as it always is. Um, good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. Johnny, Anko, Stephen, Harrison, Jose, uh, Stephen, Amira, MJ10, Cole, Kaiser, Assessan, uh, Lynn, Guna Jake, uh, Dabani. We've got uh, Louis, Granddaddy Guna, Paul, Stevie, Lynn, and plenty more too. So thank you everybody uh, indeed for tuning in. Um, really appreciate it. Let's jump into the uh, stories that we've got to discuss today. But please make sure if you haven't done so already to press that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Um, De Bruyne last night, uh, making it very, very interesting indeed in the Champions League semi-finals. Of course, tonight we see the two Milan clubs face off, but a 1-1 draw in the Bernabeu yesterday evening. Uh, two fantastic goals, uh, you have to say. I mean, first of all, Vinicius Jr. working with uh, Camavinga, who I thought, you know, Arsenal were linked with Camavinga in January and I didn't expect it ever to happen, but uh, if Arsenal were able to get their hands on a player like that for the midfield, oh, that is an exciting prospect indeed, whether it's Camavinga or somebody else. But the finish from Vinicius Jr. was absolutely brilliant. And I thought, wow, that's going to take some beating. And then it arguably was uh, Kevin De Bruyne scoring an amazing strike. I think what the game did is I think it taught actually a lot of us what needs to happen for you to, in a way, kind of contain it to as much as you can, Manchester City. I thought there were really large periods of the game where Real Madrid were dominant and looking dangerous and were very direct in their approach. And I think that that's probably the best way that you've got in terms of beating and having a chance of beating Man City. Obviously, you want to hit them on the break sometimes, but if you're a good enough team, as I believe Arsenal to be, 
you know, we're going to get into positions hopefully in seasons to come where we are and we are good enough to have plenty of the ball in these games. And I thought Real Madrid were a deserving winner on the night and were unfortunate not to come out with a lead going into Manchester. But what this does, obviously, is it creates a scenario where Man City have to go to Everton at the weekend. And that is not an easy game from the looks of things after Brighton found out in their own fixture. And you'd think they'd have to make some changes, maybe rest a few players ahead of the game against uh, Real Madrid. They can afford to. They've got this gap at the top of the table that they can keep. They've got that game in hand as well. So who knows? Maybe the game has opened up the possibilities for some hope in that Everton game. But uh, yes, I did a piece this morning actually ranking the difficulty of all of Manchester City's remaining games. It is interesting that they've got four games and three of them are all away from home. They've only got the one home game left this season and that's against Chelsea. Man City's home record is brilliant. Their away record is where they've dropped points. Um, you think about Liverpool, Manchester United. You think about um, other games, Nottingham Forest, for instance, where they have Aston Villa, where they've dropped points. It's been away from home. Their away form has not been as good as Arsenal's, let's say. So maybe that's where we've got that little bit of hope. And fingers crossed, maybe that's uh, something we can hang our hat on for the forthcoming games. Now, uh, going more specifically on to Arsenal, uh, Granit Xhaka's potential exits to Bayer Leverkusen. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I did a piece uh, reacting to kind of this where I discussed the whole idea of making sure that we reinforce the squad rather than replacing individuals in the squad. We had a few discussions in the comment sections as well from yesterday's video. If you've got thoughts on this topic, do not be shy to leave your comments down below on what you think about a potential Granit Xhaka exit is to you. I agree with the point of view that I think that it's better to keep him for the moment. I think if we want to emulate the likes of Manchester City, it makes sense to keep him and then reinforce. Because if you look at what happened when Man City signed Rodri, they had Fernandinho, they kept Fernandinho for a season or two and then eventually let him go. And I think having that transition, that turnover period is important. And I think that Arsenal maybe need to follow that same rhetoric when it comes down to managing Granit Xhaka's future. It seems a lot of the noise regarding his willingness to move to Germany is coming from Germany uh, more than it is from the English side of things. I can't say to you that I've heard anything to suggest that Xhaka has a willingness to leave or that Arsenal would be willing to let him go unless it was for the right price. If there's a very good offer that comes in, it's difficult to turn that down for a player whose market value is difficult to kind of summarise at this moment in time because it's really tricky to understand how much he would be worth in the market and because a year or two left on his deal, 30-plus. Um, Arsenal are looking to try and bring in reinforcements. He's going to move further down the pecking order. So it's difficult to understand, you know, what an um, actual market value for Xhaka might be. So it'd be interesting to see what dictates that value and how that value comes forward with any potential bids for the player in the summer. Um, Xhaka's always said that he wanted to achieve something special with Arsenal. Whether that's qualifying for the Champions League with a title race, I don't know if that considers completing that ambition for him. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens in the summer. Now, Aaron Ramsdale is set to sign a brand new contract, it seems, with Arsenal. Uh, reported by uh, the Times yesterday that Arsenal uh, have been in discussions with Ramsdale and that there's a confidence that a deal will be done. I know this is the case. Uh, I'm expecting uh, something to be announced on this very soon. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys can get some positive news uh, becoming public about Aaron Ramsdale signing a brand new deal. So good news on this front. I think everyone agrees that Aaron Ramsdale deserves a brand new contract and that uh, 
I think that his his future is very much with Arsenal. Uh, that may come across slightly contradictory to what I said when I was speaking on Sophie's channel the other day, but I think I've provided context to that conversation now, certainly. And, uh, you know, if Arsenal want to be ruthless in the market and be a team that are going to be competing at the top of the table, if you can find upgrades on players, absolutely go and do it. But at this moment in time, you know, it's going to be very difficult to do that on Aaron Ramsdale, who is proving to be an absolutely brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper. I can't believe, by the way, I saw suggestions, I think, on Twitter yesterday saying that the Fabian share save was not like that wildly crazy. I, honestly, some people just don't want to be happy. <laughs> it was a brilliant save. We just got to be maybe it's people's desire to be different and put out different views. But that save was was unbelievably good. Very, very, very happy to see Ramsdale say at the club for the foreseeable future. Uh, potential incomings to discuss. Uh, Fabrizio Romano talking on court offside suggests that uh, Arsenal are amongst the clubs that will, of course, be ready to pounce on Southampton star midfielder Romeo Lavia. The buyback clause that Manchester City have in his deal is not set to actually activate until 2024, meaning that if a club can move for him in this specific summer transfer window... Um, that would make it much easier. Man City would not have as much of a say, if any, in any potential deal. And with Southampton going down, pretty much guaranteed at this point, it does give me hope that, you know, an art side like Arsenal would have much more chance of getting Lavia for a reasonable figure as well if they were to move for him. Fantastic talent, great player, certainly would be open um, to, to seeing him join Arsenal in the summer transfer window, amongst other central midfield options like Declan Rice, for example, we'll talk about shortly. Um, now, David Ornstein uh, has cleared up a slight confusion regarding Moises Caicedo. Uh, yesterday, uh, the well-travelled, well-connected and very reliable journalist at The Athletic reported that McAllister's contract contains um, certain clauses that would make it simpler or potentially easier to manoeuvre a move away from the club, but that Brighton do still possess plenty of control in the say of where McAllister would go. Now, a slight typo, I think, in the original tweet led many to believe that this was also the case for Moises Caicedo. That's not. The article clears that up when you read it in full, and certainly at the bottom of the piece where it mentions Caicedo, it just highlights and alludes to the fact that Caicedo could also move on in the summer, but not specifically for any kind of contractual clause, making it easier for that to happen. That is purely the case, it seems to be, for just Alexis McAllister. And that if any club was to come in to try and sign um, Caicedo, they would have to do it by finding an agreement financially with Brighton to make a deal happen, just like with most deals as well. So, yes, unfortunately, uh, no clause in Caicedo's contract to help Arsenal sign him. That is purely in McAllister's contract. And it's not a buyout clause. It's a very different, more technical agreement that needs to be made between the two clubs and the players' entourage and the player himself. But hopefully Arsenal move for someone like Caicedo or potentially McAllister. You know, both are very talented players. For me, I prefer Caicedo. I think he'd be a great addition to the Arsenal squad. But uh, I hope that clears up any confusion or enlightens you to what the reality of the situation is regarding Caicedo. And our headline story of the day is that Drew Bellingham's transfer this summer, which looks to be nearing a conclusion to Real Madrid and will be costing Los Blancos well upwards of £100 million, is the key motivational factor in West Ham United also demanding a £100 million plus deal for Rice. We talked about this uh, a couple of days ago in the fact that Rice 
would be demanding a figure potentially as high as £120 million, according to Sky Sports, who suggest that West Ham will be looking for that amount of money from a Champions League qualified club. I have said that I don't think that it will be this much money for Rice. I just think that's far, far too much for Arsenal to contemplate moving for the player. And if you can get Kaiseido between 70 and 80, and if Rice is only going to go for 120, I think you have to look to try and sign Kaiseido instead of Declan Rice because it is just it's too high of a fee. If it happens, I'll be shocked and, you know, obviously pleased that Arsenal have signed Rice. It would put significant pressure on Arsenal and Rice in particular to have that deal succeed in a very big way. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. But it does seem like Bellingham's influence on the transfer window this summer is what is causing this inflation of certain other players' prices like Rice, for example, who David Moyes for some reason thinks is an even better profile than Bellingham. And that is leading things into a very... Very difficult position uh, for Arsenal, but hopefully it resolves. Okay, let's go to part two. Your questions, your thoughts, theories and queries right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, a brief uh, announcement, of course, we told you that uh, last month we raised £1,500 across the channel uh, to help go into the Arsenal Visions Arsenal Foundation Fund. And 50% of the profit we make from the uh, the merchandise, the hats that we sell, of which you can see I'm wearing one of them, and you can see in our YouTube store link down in the description, 50% goes to the Arsenal Foundation. The other 50% um, that we make, of course, goes into Cancer Macmillan. So £590 uh, that we raised, fantastically. Um, So, so, so proud that we were able to raise this amount of money uh, to go to an amazing cause, meaning that across, you know, the whole of the... uh, the whole of the uh, the month that we raised, we ended up selling, I think it was something like 109 uh, caps uh, because we raised £1,090. So 109 caps uh, were sold uh, and we raised uh, in the end, donating over £2,000 uh, to charity, uh, which is amazing. Obviously, I, I matched a significant portion of what you raised on the Arsenal Foundation side of things. Uh, up to £500. We had other donations coming as well from listeners to boost that up to £1,500. But then £590, the remaining profit that we made from the sale of the merchandise in the first quarter, has gone to Kansas McMillan, of course, in memory of our good friend of the channel, 
Vinny. Um, I spoke to uh, Vinny's wife yesterday and told her about the amazing news of which she was very grateful for. And uh, thanks all of you guys for all of the support that you bring. Uh, and may be aware of some other charities that perhaps we can also help support that are, uh, really helped Vinny during um, his trials, uh, suffering with the disease. So thank you to everybody that's continued to help support the channel. And uh, we will continue to do so. This community never fails to amaze me. Right, let's jump into the chat box and take some of your questions then. Uh, let's go to uh, Ashish, who says, Hey, Tom, what are your thoughts on the potential integration of players like Smith Rowe and Fabio Vieira into the Arsenal team next season, considering their plans to strengthen in the upcoming transfer window? Uh, I think Smith Rowe kind of has to draw a line under this season for me. It's just not been a success. I think we all know that. It's just not worked out for Smith Rowe this season, which is which sucks. Um, he had a significant injury and then had serious surgery and then came back and the team is very much set for what Arteta wanted to achieve. I think that stuff has obviously, I think, gone on behind the scenes. I don't know this for sure, but I think we're, we're kind of piecing things together and it seems that is the case. And certainly words from Arteta, I think, hinted towards that. And if he can just draw a line under this season, get back fully focused and ready for the brand new campaign, have a good, strong pre-season and come into the sides ready and raring to go, I think we'll see the best of Smith Rowe so far. Uh, Vieira is a different kind of kettle official together because he's played games and he's had enough opportunities to show what he's capable of, not enough opportunities to establish himself or getting up any kind of rhythm, but certainly give us an opportunity to see what he's about. We all know that there are some question marks over Vieira. He's not played enough, I think, to make too many conclusions. And that's why I don't want to see him sold this summer. I think that he deserves another season and I'm calling that the two-season rule regarding Arsenal's new signings now when we sign them. That's why I would be happy to see Lukonga or Tavares move on at this point. But Vieira, I would like to see another season of him. And uh, if we bring in another attacking player, that's life. Unfortunately, you've got to compete with those players. You've got to try and do your best to work your way into the Arsenal team and prove that you should be playing and getting as many minutes as you can. Um, Matt says, uh, what do we think about Edu and Arteta and what they learned from the Mudrik saga in January? And do you think that it may change our summer strategy? Oh, it's a good, really good question. I think that the Mudrik saga has probably highlighted that for, to them what they're willing to do in terms of the how far they're willing to go with the investment, how far over their own valuations they're willing to go. But also a bit of a lesson to know that it's not always going to work out. Now, I don't think you can draw conclusive thoughts around Mudrick based upon what we've seen from him at Chelsea this season. I don't think that's representative of him as a player. I don't think that's representative of him of, of what his talent is. And I think had he moved to Arsenal, I think that I would be fairly confident in saying things would have gone better than they've gone for him at Chelsea in the chaotic season that that club has had and will probably continue to have into the, at least the near future until they start to settle things down. I think from an Arsenal point of view, if they're going to go and spend big money, I think they need to make sure it's on a player that starts. Mudrik didn't start for us, you know, even if he came in in January. Trossard has had the potential to start for us and cost a quarter, you know, maybe slightly more than a quarter of what Mudrik actually cost Chelsea in the end. So I think Arsenal needs to learn some, to be a bit smarter. They can be savvier. They can make some really good deals get done for really good prices. I did a piece yesterday explaining why I think Martin Odegaard is world-class and how signing him for 30 to 34 million pounds is one of the best deals that Arsenal have ever done. You know, that type of money being invested on a player that's turned out to be as good as Martin Odegaard is an amazing bit of business. So 
that I think needs to be the focus for Arsenal is that they can get some really good deals done for really good fees and not need to worry about investing 100 million plus on certain players. They might sometimes, as we see with Rice, but certainly not all the time. Uh, what do we think Mudrick's worth now, Steve? I, obviously, I don't think he's worth as much as what Chelsea paid for him. I think he's a 50, 40 to 50 million pound player, max. Um, but they had to get they had to pay that much to get the deal done. Um, so you could say his market value is what Shakhtar were willing to sell and what Chelsea were willing to pay for him. But I think if you were looking purely on his level of what he's worth, I think he's a 40 to 50 million pound talent, personally. Uh, Raf says, I think this is the Mudrick effect. We are going to see more clubs use the media to drive up fees of players. We saw it with Caicedo too. Brighton used uh, Jim White at TalkSport uh, to push their stuff. I don't know if that's true, Raf, at all. Um, what I do know is that uh, certainly the the communication that goes on between intermediaries, clubs, the media, you know, leaks, things like that are certainly used to uh, hype prices uh, in general and hype players in particular. Like I see like Fabrizio Romano will tweet about a player I've never heard of and probably most of you have never heard of. I don't know if there's a, a strategy behind that, whether the agents, the intermediaries have leaked that information because of that. I don't know. Um, but uh, certainly some players get brought up that I have never heard of before and tend never to hear of again in some cases either. Um, let's go to market says, did you hear reports? Smith Rowe is being trained to play in the number eight role. Um, I know Kaya certainly, uh, believes that to be the case. So I've no reason to believe that's not correct. Uh, but I've personally not heard that. Um, but if that is indeed the case, it makes sense. You know, I think we've got two number eight roles, if you think about it. So left and right hand side, it's two positions that Smith Rowe can play. And if he can master that role, it gives him two positions to potentially try and be used for and get an opportunity to play in the first team. Uh, James says, do you think that Jakub Kivior could be moulded into a second left-back, playing the more Nathan Ake-style role? I don't think he needs too much moulding, to be honest at all, James. He actually has played left-back, not only for Spezia, but he's played it for the Poland national side. He did it in the last international break and looked good at left-back. So I don't think there's much moulding needed. I think, if anything, he can play that position. He's proving to be a little bit like, let's say, an Akanji-type signing maybe for Arsenal where he can be used in multiple positions across the back four a little bit like Tomiyasu if you will but on a left hand side and I know that Tomiyasu can play on the left I think Kivior can clearly play that right centre back role to a degree his best position is a left centre back role but also can play left back I think Arteta has been very attuned to trying to bring in players that can play and cover multiple positions and I think that Kivior in the last two games is certainly, certainly proving that he can do that uh, Baldev says, I thought we protected Granite Xhaka's value when he got his last contract extension. What is that value? It protected the value in, to a certain degree, but he still only has a year plus an option for a further year at the end of this deal. It extended it beyond the current season. So it would have run out this summer, to my understanding, and he would have gone on a free. But Arsenal protected that value so that they could get a fee if they were to sell him in this or potentially next summer if they activated the option in his deal. So that value, as I've said, it's tricky to kind of value or work out what the value of Xhaka would be. You would hope to be able to get double-digit figures for him. Uh, anything less than that, I think, would be significantly underselling him and not worth it in terms of letting him go. Um, Vanaduti says, would Tammy Abraham be a good addition if we lose Flo or Eddie? I think there are targets out there that we should be looking to invest in. I'm always keen to say that, look, Tammy Abraham's a good player. But when you invest in a player, you're not only investing money, you're investing in a slot in the squad. Like you are investing in someone that takes up a spot. 
And if you were to take that spot up with Tammy Abraham, that spot is then filled for the foreseeable future. You've got to get that signing right to take Arsenal to the next level. And I'm not sure that Tammy Abraham progresses us. In the same way, I'm not sure that Ivan Tony progresses us enough with the age profile and everything surrounding him and the context of the team that he plays for right now. I'm not sure he's the right profile, the same as I'm not sure that Tammy Abraham is either. I think there are other strikers out there. If Arsenal want to invest big, they should be looking to try and do, whether that's a Colo Moani, for instance, who is certainly up there amongst my big targets, or a Gonzalo Ramos. These are the types of players that I think beyond an Aussie man, you know, Arsenal should be looking to try and invest in. Aditya says, uh, hey, Tom, if we get Rice, whom do you think we'll see replace Xhaka? And will he be a big part of our squad uh, from the get-go? I think if Rice was to come in, there's still a chance that we see Xhaka play. I think Rice can play instead of Partey. I think he can play instead of Xhaka. He can play with either of those two players as well. His versatility to play the six or I think the eight role with his proving this level of technical ability that maybe some people didn't think that he had. So we don't necessarily have to let Xhaka go if we sign Rice. And I personally wouldn't. The only way that I would allow Xhaka to leave is if we were to sign another midfielder on top of Rice, be that a Kaiseida or somebody, you know, that would allow me to be more amenable to allowing Xhaka to leave. But based upon just Rice coming in, I don't think there's enough there to justify it. Um, let's go to um, boom, 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 boom. Omar says, can Everton do us a favour on Sunday uh, against City after their thrashing of Brighton? I hope so. You know, they beat Brighton 5-1 with just 22% possession. You're going to have around that, if not less, against City. So you've got to have hope. And that's all we can have, is that we can just have hope that maybe Everton can do us a big favour when they play Manchester City. Um, let's scroll down the chat box a little bit more. Um, Maximir says, hey, Tom, following up on your previous observations, do you think that reporters' popularity is used to drive up the market price? If so, where do we draw the line between ITKs and believable info? Uh, you know, ITKs, we've talked about a lot on the channel in the past. I think that certainly leaks happen in order to raise the profile of players. You know, I certainly believe that to be the case. Um, ITKs are a different kettle of fish. You know, people that really thrive on creating a buzz about their profiles because they they might have a they, sometimes they might have a bit of inside knowledge. You know, not just it's not only media and reporters that have links into clubs. You know, you know, you, anyone could have a link if they've got a friend of a friend or a friend who's an agent or a friend or a brother or a sibling that's in the business. You know, that's what sometimes creates ITKs. But I think. What I don't ever understand on the ITK front is why anyone would want to do it. I really don't get the appeal or the attraction because there's no reward. There's really no reward. And I talk to people that have acted like ITKs and ask them what on earth they get think that the benefit of it, it is to them. Because when I speak to them, they all they tell me is that no one thanks them or the minority are the ones that thank them. The majority are just people or bots just saying what's next. What else do you know? What about this player? What about that player? And that's why, from my perspective, working in this industry, I have no interest in being a, 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 like a transfer journalist. I really don't have that much interest in being a, in, in the sense of having the inside knowledge on who Arsenal might sign. If I get a bit of information, like I did say with the Tillemans situation in the summer, where I reported that Arsenal were willing to wait to sign him on a free, and that's why we didn't go for him last summer... And I reported that relatively early on. I think that that's, that's not too big, but I'm not keen on doing that type of reporting because it's really it's not rewarding in any way, shape or form. 
And I'd much rather have a, a, a far greater understanding of the club that I follow being Arsenal, the ingoing, the ongoings inside the club, you know, like this Ramsdale situation, for instance, you know, speaking about contracts with Saliba and Saka, who I have said to you guys on numerous occasions that I'm very comfortable with their situations right now. I have, I'm led, there's, I have no reason to be concerned at this moment in time about Saka and Saliba's futures, you know, I'd much rather be Arsenal focused than externally trying to find out who on earth could be next or who's on the radar because it's such an unrewarding place and it's really toxic, the transfer window. I love talking about transfer targets. I love breaking them down. I love learning about who we might sign. But the actual like process of trying to like get the inside knowledge, you know, is I just it's not for me. It's just not for me. So if you're coming here for some inside information on who Arsenal might sign, like I'll give my opinion on things. And if in the rare occasion that I get a little bit of information that I'm that I'm more than comfortable to talk about, I will. But, you know, you ain't getting a Fabrizio roundup from me. You know, fair play to Fab. I don't know how he does it um, and continues to do it. But he must, like, never sleep. <laughs> yeah, I must never sleep. And it must be, a, in some ways, a bit of a tiresome task. Uh, so yeah that's my thoughts yep the, the rant corner is back uh <laughs> certainly ranting i don't mind a little rant i feel like that wasn't really a rant i feel like that was just a monologue of discussion around that topic um marcus says is there an arsenal way today i'm off today uh, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an arsenal way uh maybe umar and charlie might be doing it together i don't know um but i'm off today so i won't be on it but Make sure you check on there at 10 a.m. to see if there are indeed, is there if there is indeed a show. So hopefully there is one for you guys to tune in for. Um, Gurir says, Tom, what's your thoughts on Orban and Dominic Zoboslai uh, for this summer? Wow, that's the first time I've been asked about Zoboslai. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time since talking about him. He's had a much better season, to be fair. Um he has kind of fallen out of my sphere of, not to say sphere of influence, they're not like I had any influence on Zobosly, but sphere of kind of um, watching. I, my focus is so much on Arsenal these days that my ability to watch football outside of Arsenal was diminished, diminished, diminished to the point where I'm now like when we're linked to players, I spend a couple of hours on Scout looking through, you know, highlights and clips and uh, matches specifically to find out a better understanding of them. But Zobosly, you know, four goals, eight assists in the Bundesliga this season. 42 appearances across all competitions, seven goals, 13 assists. He's done he's done all right. You know, he's he's still he's still a good player. Uh now 22 years of age, turning 23 in October. Still a good player. I'm not sure it's the player that I want Arsenal to go for. I would have signed him prior to us signing Fabio Vieira. Would I swap Fabio Vieira for him? Absolutely. Um, but uh yeah, he's an, he's a very good player still, but not a player that I think is on Arsenal's radar. At the moment, maybe that will change. Things change very quickly. Uh, let's go to um, <laughs> Wesbird says, My husband says that I do it all the time. No, that's just me nagging because he doesn't listen. <laughs> I think my wife would attest to the same sort of thing. Uh, Nigel says, Tom, what's your tea time today? Uh, four o'clock. Playing a late one in the afternoon, only a long nine, um, but uh, it's getting better. I got my personal best at the pitch and putt in the 18, got myself a score of 72, which I was very happy with, and I bested my score in an 18 last week, got 105. I want to break 100. You know, I've only been playing since December, and I'm getting... I'm five shots or well, six shots away from breaking 100 now, which is has got to be... 
got to be uh, the target for a beginner uh, just getting into things. You know, this, this, I saw something like a stat like there's more chance of you getting struck by lightning than there is of you breaking 90 in an 18 round of golf. I don't know if that's true. Um, a friend of mine I play with has got, has got his score down to something like four under, three under or four under at one of the courses round by us. He's in the 60s. So he must have been hit by lightning a few times is all I can think when I hear things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Isav says, uh, Tom, what do you think about getting Sha- uh, Cancelo, uh, Cancelo uh, and moving Zinchenko into midfield? Um, I think that I think that with Cancelo he will likely sign permanently at Bayern. So that will make it difficult. They have an option, of course, to to make that deal permanent. Um, would I like him at Arsenal? Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, I'd be, I think I'd be mad to say that I wouldn't I wouldn't be interested in seeing him join Arsenal because I think he could cover both the right-back and the left-back roles. He would give us something different. If there was an option to be able to get Cancelo, then sure, I would absolutely go and get a player of that level of quality. I just don't think that it's going to happen. I don't think that's a realistic one. Gundogan, on the other hand, you know, there's been some whispers. I didn't really include it in my slideshow because I've not seen enough of them being legit. But Cancelo, there's been some whispers. I've seen reports uh, circulating yesterday that Arsenal would be interested in signing him on a free. If we let Xhaka go, and it's only if we let Xhaka go, I don't think that's a bad player to sign on an 18-month deal, you know, with Rice as well. So you bring in Rice and Gundogan to replace Xhaka. I think that's a great great potential um, midfield and then you can obviously replace Gundogan with a better option if one becomes available in a future window. Would I prefer Caicedo? Of course. But, you know, Gundogan would be a great addition to the squad for a season or two um, alongside a Declan Rice. You know, uh, we've got a young squad. We've got some young players. There's not necessarily pressure on Arsenal only signing young players in the midfield. I think in the forward line, that's where there's more pressure. But in the midfields and the defence, actually, as well, I don't think there's the same level of pressure to make sure that we just sign young players. Um, so a Gundogan, I would be very, very open to seeing join Arsenal for a year or two. Um, yeah, I agree with Ethan. Probably the perfect replacement if Xhaka was to go. His injury record is concerning. Um, does have these back issues that do come forward. But I think when you've, if you have Rice and Gundogan and you add that to Partey and Jorginho, and uh, obviously, who else have we got in the midfield that can play there? Vieira, Smith Rowe, Nene still there, you know. Uh, depending on what happened with Lukonga. So I think Patino will go. But yeah, I think Gudouin would be a great replacement for Xhaka if he was to go. I don't think that changes things too much whatsoever. Um, PG says, I don't want City sloppy seconds. Oh, I mean, arguably, it's a really disrespectful way to talk about Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, who have elevated this team into a position where it's competing now for a title. I think very, very harsh indeed. I don't buy into the whole City reject thing. I think that's ludicrous, really, considering what the two players we've signed from City have enabled us to do this year and come very, very close, um, if not maybe as close as we need it to, depending on what happens in the last three to four games. We'll wait and see. But I don't think you should... It's naive, is the way I would describe it. It's naive to to describe City's cast-offs or the players City are willing to move on from as sloppy seconds. Very naive indeed, considering what we've done this season with 
two very good ones. Um, King says, Tom Caicedo being able to play right back at DM, centimid, etc. Does that make him even a better option as he could play the Zinchenko role on the right-hand side? I've not seen him play at right back. I mean, I might be wrong. I've not just not seen it happen. Um, I don't think I look at him as the Zinchenko type player. I think I look at him as the box-to-box midfielder that would add a lot of technical ability, a lot of progression into the Arsenal, a lot of energy and dynamism into the Arsenal midfield. That's why I'd love to see um Caicedo move in that would be great Adi says Liao over Ozimen. uh I mean Liao is more of a left-sided wide forwards so I know he can play center forward as well but Ozimen certainly a number nine Rafael Liao I look far more so as a left-sided wide forwards um but I would be very open to seeing Liao join Arsenal you know, I think he's a fantastic player and certainly would add quality to the forward line that is beyond any doubt that's for sure um Let's go to Benji says, Tom, what are your thoughts on where Marquinhos goes on loan next? Also, what to do with Austin Trusty? I'm sure he can fetch more than what I've seen online. Yeah, on the, I'll tackle the second part first. It's really bugging me seeing those stories about two million quid uh, for Austin Trusty. I've not actually reported it on my slides because I have a lot of doubt about it. It might be true, you know, and I don't tend to report stories unless I'm comfortable reporting them. And if I do report them and I'm not comfortable talking about it, I tell you, hence why I say to get your salt shakers out if need be. But some stories I'm just like, I'm not even going to include that because I just can't quite fathom it. Like the report suggesting that Arsenal would be willing to sell him for two million quid when they signed him for, I think, my understanding was they signed him for about one and a half million pounds. Um, it might be slightly more than that. I mean, what did Transfermark suggest that we signed him for? Um, they say we signed him for about two million euros, apparently. So, yeah, one and a half million pounds was my understanding of what we signed him for. Two million quid after a season where he's done really well in the championship is, is just no. Like, you should be getting close to 10 million, I think, for someone like Austin Trusty. Of his age, he's a good age. You know, he's now played at the championship. You know, he's an American full international now as well. Um, if it's a 2 million loan fee, Paul, that's fine. You know, um, if if that's the case and it's a loan fee, sure, that makes sense. If you want to sign Trusty for a season on loan for 2 million, I don't have too much of a problem with that. It could raise his, his level even more. If he goes to someone like Rangers, has been suggested, maybe you get some time in Europe. Um, how much did Bassey uh, leave Rangers for? Uh, Calvin Bassey, who went to Ajax. Let me have a quick check on that. So I think that's a good example of like a player, young player going to Rangers. And then, uh, so he was at Leicester's under 21s and he signed for Rangers in 2020. Played two seasons at Rangers, including European football. Uh, Rangers get into that Europa League final, if you remember, and Calvin Bassi started. He then left for 23 million euros. So if someone like Calvin Bassi is able to do that, I don't see why Arsenal wouldn't also not want to see a significant profit on a player like Austin Trusty. Is Austin Trusty as good as Calvin Bassi? Not yet, no. I don't think so. And he's a bit older than Calvin Bassi, actually. I think Trusty is something like, what, 24 now? Maybe 25? Let me have a quick check. He is 24. He turns 25 in August. So I think Arsenal looking for upwards of £10 million is not an unfair estimation on, on Trusty. What was the first part of the question? I feel like I completely skipped um, the first part. Um, I've now lost the... Here it is, Marquinhos and where he goes on loan next. I'm really... A, I'm, I'm quite unsure on Marquinhos. I'm not sure that his future is necessarily going to be at Arsenal. I think he'll be someone that Arsenal try and get a, uh, a profit for. Um, he's not 
he didn't do amazing things at Norwich. Um, Norwich aren't a great team this season. They've had some struggles. Scored an assist on his debut, but didn't really do anything after that. I think that you're looking to try and get him to a Premier League team if you can. If not, go to La Liga or another uh, top-flight league in, in Europe. That's where you've got to try and get him to. But, uh, yeah, I think he needs another season on loan and then we can assess in the summer of 2024. Um, I think I'm going to wrap things up there. I've been going for nearly 40 minutes now, which is... A longer show than I usually do. So uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Really appreciate your time on, as always. Uh, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're new, it takes just a second and it really does help us out. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that's helped continue to donate to uh, our causes by buying our TGT merchandise. They should be back in stock. I'm hoping um, that we are indeed back in stock. Uh, I know that there was some people suggesting that they'd uh, gone out of stock yesterday i'm hoping that um that's not the case let me just have a quick check if i can actually even check here we go it says they are currently in stock yes you can um you can now get hold of the hats i know they were out of stock yesterday but they should be back in stock now link down in the description um so go and get them they help support some great causes and uh, it's all non-profit so nothing goes to me um any money we make from these goes to help the Arsenal Foundation and Cancer Women Support. So get involved, sport some TGT headgear and help some great charities. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, um, for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning for the next show. And uh, yeah, stay safe, stay well, have a fantastic Wednesday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.